All right, back again. Another one. <sighs> yeah, a little, a little vodka seltzer there. Sorry for the interruption. But now we're gonna get into a debate. In this debate, I I put it up on my Instagram. You know, I mean, I have eight hundred followers. It's like no big deal. You know, I'm kind of popular, kind of sometimes popular, but not really usually. Um, yeah. But I put it up, and there was actually twenty four percent of people that thought that Rob Stark was a better king than Jon Snow, which I'm gonna be honest, doesn't make any sense. Eh, I get you can have your opinions. But if your opinion is wrong and dumb, then yeah, I don't know what to say to you. And that's, I'm really talking to Edwin. Edwin, if you're hearing this, you, my friend, are not, you know, I, I don't know what to say to you. I'm a little upset that you really think that Rob Stark's a better king than Jon Snow. It just doesn't make sense. Now, Jon Snow, like, I, the guy is a phenomenal king. I don't think we get that. He literally does what's right every single time, which can also be a downfall like it was with Ned. But for now, it has been great, besides the whole Cersei thing in Season 7. But, but, the debate is between him and Rob. And Rob is just, Rob was a bad king. I'm sorry, he was a bad king. Let's start with first. Okay, you're winning battles, great. He started off great, but in the middle of, you know, what was it? I want to say it was like, what, end of season two-ish? He just, he when he starts going out, well, whatever you want to call it, when he starts dating the foreigner and then making it about her, it just, it all went downhill. And I get it, you know, Catelyn tells him you can't follow your heart, and she was right, you cannot do it. And that just, it, it just all spiraled out of control out of that. Now, I don't think John would have done that at all. No shot. John would not have done it. John was too, is too smart for that. He is. Rob is not. And that's the problem. Big problem. Rob also. Okay. So this is just me right now. And I'm being serious. And this is nothing to do with anything. You know, I'm not a piece of shit. If I'm Rob and my father's dead, um, after my mother lets Jamie Lannister go, I am going back to Winterfell. No doubt. I, I am. The the cause is basically lost. Your your lords have turned on you. Lord Karstark was ready to kill Catelyn and Rob, maybe. And he in fairness, he was right. And Rob started treating prisoners with respect and all that bullshit because of the foreigner. And that's the problem. And I, you know what? I'm going to call her the foreigner because she was a bad character. Um, she basically ruined the Stark dynasty and it pissed me off. And, you know, it was annoying. We have that. And she was right. For him to do what Talisa wanted to do was dumb. It was stupid. Rob, you know, if you're listening, buddy, it's war. And I don't know what are the Lannisters doing your prisoners they're not you know they're not feeding them they're not doing all that crap and that was the problem and lord karstark had a good beef after his brother after sorry his son was king killed by the kingslayer he should have been able to kill those lannister cousins who gives a shit at their kids send the goddamn message put their heads send their highest to tywin you know and he was right and once that happened rob should have said i am going back to winterfell 
I am going to go. I am going to go by myself, prob- probably, to King's Landing, or I'm going to send. You have to hire people to go to King's Landing and rescue Sansa. And when they thought Aya was there, Aya, Arya, whatever you want to call her, I call her Aya. I don't give a shit. So that was big, and that that annoyed me because that's like you. His mind was just so polluted with "I love my woman," team love. I'm a big fan of my girl, uh, you know, all the shit that we would say in 2019 or 2018, whatever you want to say. And it was a problem. It just screwed him over. And that's what makes him a bad king. He did what was best for him. Not what was best for everyone else. For him. He did what was best for himself only. And that isn't a good king. That's my biggest gripe with it. Bad. Bad Rob Stark, bad king, letting Theon go. What are you doing? You you know Theon's father's a complete piece of shit. Now, I get Theon's like point of view with everything. He wanted to impress his dad, blah, blah, blah. My daddy doesn't love me, whatever. But for Rob to let him go was just so dumb. And I get it, it's the writing. It's a fictional story. Like you're you sound like an idiot hofer. Yeah, I know, I got it. But I'm just airing out my grievances. I think it was dumb, and I don't think John would have done it, and I think John is just so much better. Now, besides Rob ha- should have been marching back to Winterfell, I, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. I get your sister's there, but you send some, you send people to go get her a small party, just like Jamie did to go to Dorne. That's what you do. It's not that hard. It's a really big city. You could have done it, but that's besides the point now. We have where, um, you know, with John, I mean, what a guy. The guy is a great king. The guy is an animal. The guy does what he needs to do. He's the first one out there. Oh, my God. I, I just don't get it. I don't get you people. At the 24 percenters, whatever you were, whatever you finished out at, I don't get you. I had one girl say, I asked her, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, how? She was Rob Stark's hotter. Like, oh, really? Like, okay, cool. First off, Jon Snow's better looking. That's just me, though. God, Kit Harrington better looking. I get it. Rob Stark might be a little taller, but, you know, Kit, I appreciate what you do for us smaller guys. You're a good guy. You're a good-looking guy. You know, good job. But that's the thing. It's just like Jon Snow is so much better of a leader. He is. He does what needs to be done, even if it's not the popular opinion, like what he did. I have to go see Daenerys. I have to try and make us better for the war to come. I have to do whatever it takes to do that. I have to, even if I'm risking my life going to the Dragon Queen, even if the dragons eat me, I got to try. And he does it. What, what, what does he have to do? He has to, I have to go above the wall and get a goddamn white to make sure that these people believe me. And what does he do? He goes up there and gets it. Then what does he do? When Daenerys' dragon's about to get, you know, uh, another little spear thing through the heart or whatever. He go, he goes, says, you leave. You go. I'm going to get these motherfuckers and we're going to just keep on going. And you're going to keep on going. And I'm going to probably die. But I'm not going to die because Uncle Benjamin's there to pick me up and raise me back. So, yeah, that's great. But John is just a great guy. John's a great king. That's the thing. He's a better king. Rob let his heart get into too much stuff, and that's what annoyed everyone. That's what annoyed me, especially with him. He didn't do what was right for his people. You're the king. 
You're not the prince. You're not the uh, the lord of something. You're a king at that point. You need to do what's right for your goddamn people. So there we go. A nice little eight-minute rant on who's a better king, Jon Snow or Rob Stark. So there we go. All right. Next up. And you know, people ask, Dan, how do you talk so long by yourself? <laughs> you think this is good? I talk like this all the time by myself when I'm I'm a psychopath. This I have full on blown full blown conversations with myself. So people ask, how do you talk for so long? <laughs> it ain't hard. I do it every day. I wish I had the microphone in front of me all day. You guys would hear some wild shit. <laughs> Let me tell you, you would hear some crazy shit. That's besides the point. But now into some theories. Now, one theory that I kind of think is true, and we got into it before. Littlefinger is still alive. Now, if you didn't listen to the first episode and you wanted to just hear this episode for some odd reason, I don't know, but we're going to backtrack a little bit. Littlefinger is still alive, I think, because when Bran says chaos is a ladder, that's every indication and every single inkling of Littlefinger that I am absolutely screwed. I need to get out of here. Okay? That's point one. Point two is that Littlefinger is so smart and that he is of Bravosi descent. So if anyone for some reason doesn't know, he is a man. His great-grandfather was a man of Bravos, And we hear that, and I believe it is season... I believe it's in the middle of four or end of four. Middle or end of four when Sansa and him are at the Vale. And they are confronting Baelish about Liza Aaron's death. Boom. He says, I have a great-grandfather from Bravos, And that's where the Faceless Men are from. So, essentially, this is what I think personally. I think Littlefinger had a Faceless Man, Woman, whatever you want to call it, take his place after that and be killed, you know, whatever. Now, we see the coin that Arya gives to the ship captain, Valamagulis. A nice accent, right? Yeah, I know. Um, so, basically, that coin, as Jockin gives it to her, says, you're going to be whatever. You're going to get whatever you want. Give us to Ravosi and blah, blah, blah. We see Littlefinger and Arya st- stalking him and looking at him and, you know, observing all his moves. He's in with a stable girl. And he's talking to the stable girl and... If you stop it, like if you stop, if you stop the audio and you really focus in on it, she says your time is up. And this is right after the brand thing. This is right after all that. Then Littlefinger hands her the coin. Now, if could this be that uh, the, the spies for Littlefinger are also Bravosi? Could be. Could possibly be. Maybe. And he brought whatever he had one in Winterfell. Faceless man, faceless woman, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that could be it. And you hear her say that your time is up, and he gives her the coin, which we see Arya do, and basically she gets whatever she wants. So I think Littlefinger gave her the coin. I think that that was a basically, he wants people to think he's dead, but he isn't dead. Um, And it's crazy, because it's just, he is such an insane character, and his his dynamic is just nuts. He's so intelligent. He's always four or five steps ahead of everyone, which is why it makes no sense. Their stupid little game, Sansa and Arya, was not going to be smart enough for Baelish. It just wasn't. 
the guy is too intelligent. You have to literally just stab him out of nowhere, just stab him, and then that that might kill him. But if you try and scheme against him, he's going to figure it out. He always does, and that's why I don't get the whole that that that's what pissed me off about that season with Sansa and Aya with the fucking bullshit. It was just dumb. It was stupid. You're not gonna outsmart him. So I think he's still alive. And then we have another theory. And this theory, I'm going to be honest, is absolutely bonkers. It's it's bonkers. Bonkers. It's basically that Littlefinger is actually Rhaegar Targaryen. Now, I think there's like a 5 or 10% chance uh, that it's true. But, oh my god. Could be, but we don't know. So essentially, the theory is, without getting into craziness, Rhaegar Targaryen was killed in the Battle of the Trident. So, but, but, no one ever saw him, you know, put on his armor. No one ever saw him with the face off. They never found his body. These are all these are all things that happened. So no one found his body. No one found anything. So this is the theory: is that. Rhaegar is actually a faceless man and that he is Littlefinger. He's he's Littlefinger, Jack and Hagar, and Sirio Pharrell. All in one. It's the same thing. Uh it's crazy. I know. I mean, it's it, it's not it does have some it has some legs. It does have a little bit of legs, but it's not, you know, exactly plausible. Here the legs it the legs that it has are Rhaegar's body was never found. The other leg is that when Peter Baelish was in the Vale, he wanted he was fighting for Catelyn. He dueled with Brandon Stark, who was Ned Stark's older brother, who was supposed to marry Catelyn. And basically he got a he got stabbed near the ribs and he was basically never seen again. And everyone figured that he went to the Eerie or the the whatever, the little fingers, and that was it. Because Catelyn says he ha- she hasn't seen him since then, which is true. So basically, it's that Littlefinger died. Rhaegar is a faceless man and used his face. And Rhaegar has basically just been here the entire time. And he's been – Rhaegar is obsessed with prophecy. We know that from the books. We know that from everything else, that he's obsessed with the prophecy of the prince that was promised. Now, the prince that was promised is a theory that Azor High, which – was the per- person who basically stopped the first long night. And we hear Melisandre talking about that the prince that was promised, Azor High, the flaming sword, all that stuff. The birth, you know, you have to kill to uh, bring it to life, and all that. Now, it's crazy. Baelish, they're pretty much saying that Baelish died 15 years before the events of Game of Thrones. So that's what it comes down to. And, I mean, it kind of does make sense. And it's chaos is a ladder. Now, chaos is a ladder is his go-to thing. Absolutely. And I'm going to attack, I mean, if anyone wants this link, I will send it to you because it is really nuts. And I think there's like a 10% chance that it's true. But there's been crazier things that have happened in this show. So I'm, you know, I'm not that surprised. And I think he was just, he was playing the game of faces. That's what it comes down to. He was playing the game of faces. <laughs> uh, it's it's nuts. It's really absolutely crazy. 
I mean, nuts. We see all this stuff. He basically wanted, he wanted Ned to, to keep this whole thing going. When Ned was packing up to go to, uh, to basically leave, he, you know, we, we see him betray, Littlefinger betray Ned. We see all that. And then it's, it's basically just a whole bunch of crap that it, you know, it makes sense that it's Littlefinger. That is, it's crazy. I mean, I'm at a loss of words because the theory that I, I watched this and I was like, holy shit, this is absolutely insane. And it is, it's nuts. So 10% chance that that's true. I think 10% maybe it's Rhaegar was obsessed. Rhaegar was basically just so obsessed with prophecies and with the prophecy that he figured that John would be the prince that was promised. Now, the the the, the where it, where I get lost with this theory is that why are you betraying Ned when Ned kept your son Jon Snow alive through all this? So, why would you betray him? That's what I don't get. He he kept your son alive and that that's kind of where the theory does lose me now. If that if for some reason it's true, I mean, huh, it would be nuts. Now with ja- now, then we also ask how is how is basically in season five how is or whatever when Arya is training how is Baelish able to be in Bravos and then be in the Erie or Winterfell or wherever you know what I mean like and it does make sense but the time lapse with the show is strange. We do see that, and they don't really ever explain that. We see the whole thing with the there's it's supposed to be months that go by and it's not. So the time lapse thing is strange. Now, if the time lapse thing is the same for this kind of theory, then it could make sense. Like Arya could be training in, we want to say, um, if we're talking about months, say January, right? Arya's training in January, and then we're looking at Littlefinger and Winterfell in March. But we don't know that because the show doesn't explain the time lapse. The time lapse is a tricky thing. And we don't ever see that. So so it's also strange because Littlefinger leaves, right? So this is, this is kind of nuts. Littlefinger leaves at the time when um, to find Arya. Right, and that's when we first meet Jack and Hagar, and then Jack and Hagar and Littlefinger are both in Harrenhal at one point, <laughs> and it's pretty nuts, right? That that's crazy if you think about it. So you have Jack and Hagar in, in Harrenhal, you have Littlefinger in Harrenhal, and there you go. That that could be it. <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. So it's nuts. And then Sirio changes face to become Jockin and follow Arya. It's it is nuts. So it's all they're all it's all the same thing, pretty much. And then the time gaps, they edit them and then we don't see anything. It's just it's really nuts. And we also see in season seven. Sansa's talking to Littlefinger about the faceless men. And when she tells him that Arya is one, Littlefinger's reaction is 
Meh. No, she's not. And he witnessed it as Jack and Hagar when she told him that a girl is Aya Stark and I'm going home to Winterfell. See, Littlefinger's faces, they tell so much. And that, that's what's nuts about this show. We see when they're in the crypts, when uh, Sansa is looking at Liliana's statue and uh, Littlefinger goes, you know, not sorry, Sansa goes, you know, yeah. And then he raped her, kidnapped her and raped her, talking about Liliana, talking about Rhaegar kidnapping and raping Liliana. And we see Littlefinger's face where it's essentially like, no, he, he didn't. You know, he did not. <sighs> see, that's what I'm saying. I think that he met. He met with the girl in the stables. Then he had the Starks tricked into killing him. Now, I think that he wants to fulfill this prophecy so badly that he's doing all this. Now, it's basically saying that Rhaegar's crazy, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't think it's true. Now, it's just, it's a crazy theory. It really is. It is an absolutely nuts, crazy theory. I'm not going to lie. That's nuts. There's one more theory that we can talk about. And this one, the whole brand, the Night King theory, it, it makes sense somewhat, but it also doesn't. I basically, this is my theory about how it's going to end. I think that it's going to come down. They're going to be at the Isle of Faces, which is a historic place where it's magical and all that stuff. I think Bran's going to be there. And I think that he has to be there to try and get in the Night King's head. I think that the place will be magical enough that he can get into the Night King's head and try and control the Night King. And I think Bran will become the Night King for that brief amount of time. And John is going to end up there and John's going to have to kill Bran to stop the entire thing. And I think that's going to be the bittersweet ending that George Er Martin has talked about. I think that's going to come down to something like that. I think that Bran is going to sacrifice himself be able to control the Night King with the power of whatever, try and get in his head and have a battle with him basically in his head. And in order to stop it, John is going to have to kill Bran and it's going to be a bittersweet type ending. Now that's me. So another 20 minute episode here. Um, you know, I got a little uh, speechless in the middle there. I'm telling you, that little finger video is absolutely nuts. Like I watched it the other night and I got goosebumps watching it because if that's true, it's just nuts. Now, the, these crazy theories are pretty cool. Like, I'm, I'm a theory guy. I enjoy it. I think it's fun. I think it's absolutely nuts. But if you want this theory, let me, I will actually, you know, I will let you see it. I will, I will allow you to see it. I will send you the link. We will be able to look at it, and then we, we can talk about it. And that's the thing. Back to Rhaegar real quick, because I just remembered something else. He grew up with a complex fascination for the ruins. He was happy there. He was born when the fire destroyed the castle at Summerhall, which is a crazy story. And he was the he thought that he was the prince that was promised. But he thought it was his son, Rhaegar. Rhaegar thought it was his son that the prince was promised, and he is obsessed with it. So chaos as a ladder is the most important part of the theory, okay? We said Littlefinger thrives in chaos because it's integral in his belief that chaos is an opportunity for advancement. This is why Littlefinger started a chaos. Before the events of Game of Thrones, he convinced Liza to murder her husband. He started another chaos at the beginning of Game of Thrones. He sent an assassin with a dagger to make the Starks and Lannisters go to war. 
Well, Rhaegar started chaos when he passed his wife, Melia Martell, at the Tournament of Harrenhal and placed a crown of winter roses on Lyanna Stark's lap, which is true. That was a chaos in itself. It was not smart. It started a whole entire thing. So that's it's mass. That's massive right there because he started that chaos. He started an entire war for that, and that's a, that's a problem realistically. You know, if, if you think about that logically, that that started everything. So if you think about that with Rhaegar and Littlefinger, it, they're almost one and the same type thing. It's crazy. Like I said before, Rhaegar, when he was defeated by Robert, body was never found. The Valyrian dagger, when the assassin was sent to kill Bran after the dagger first appeared, we learn later that he that it was Littlefinger's, but we see Sam in season seven reading old books in search of the dragonglass, and a page comes up with the dagger drawn on it. And you can only make out that Valyrians had this sort of weapons and that they used it to decorate it with dragonglass and rubies. Now Targaryens all used to decorate their ornaments with weapons and shields and they used rubies to do that. Rhaegar's shield was rubies the day he was defeated. It was made of rubies. They all, everyone was going to find the rubies, blah, blah, blah. So how did that become in possession unless it was Rhaegar? Unless Littlefinger was Rhaegar? That's, it makes sense. The soundtrack of the show. The soundtrack of the show is interesting because Littlefinger's music is used many times before we are introduced to Baelish's characters. Many times in key moments we learn later season that he's actually behind the events. One scene that Chaos is a ladder, we see that it's Baelish's music. And when we see... Arya escaping the finale when she's escaping King's Landing. We hear it there. We hear it again. And that's a problem. I mean, that that's crazy, right? You know? <laughs> wow. And then and Jacken's in the same scene as Arya. And in the latest teaser, we see the Mockingbird feather. And it's a feather that's crucial to John's parentage. But Littlefinger does have the only bird sigil. And we see the whole entire, we see um, Littlefinger's face. And that's true. And it's crazy. This theory is nuts. It's truly crazy, people. Now, I read th that last part. I read most of it from there. And it, it's nuts. Really, it's crazy. So if you want to hear it, if you want to see it, let me know. I'll send you the link. It's nuts. It's bonkers. And I like this kind of stuff. Some people don't like it because they think it might ruin the show. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Come on. Have a little fun with it. We've been waiting a fucking what? Almost, what, what have we been waiting now? A year and a half for it? Come on. Have a little fun. It's, this is going to be nuts. April's going to come around and it's going to be absolutely crazy. It really is. It's going to be it's gonna be the greatest six weeks ever. So, everyone, I'll be back soon. We're going to get into some more sports stuff, but I want to take a little break from the sports, get into some Game of Thrones, you know. So, there we go. Everyone, have a good one. We'll talk soon.